Western Reviews Podcast, where we serve you reviews of movies that give you chills, thrills, and kills. <laughs> Guys, I think we really need a better ride. Hello, 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 fellow listeners out there, wherever you may be listening to this. Welcome to the Western Reviews Podcast, or if you aren't new here, welcome back. Oh, and you're going to have to excuse that demon guy you just heard. He just wanted to join in on the festivities. Anyways, I'm the host of this department, The Western Wonder, and today we're going to be taking a look at a well-known, or maybe not so well-known, 70s horror film. As it is, after all, the month of Halloween. A holiday we are one week away from. Anyways, I hope everyone is excited about Halloween this year because I know that doggone virus has changed things greatly. Now, if anyone has any out-of-home plans, you know the drill. Stay safe and have fun. Anyways... You can check out my previous horror movie reviews for this month on various platforms including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, and many more. <laughs> I'm pretty much worldwide. <laughs> At least in your head you are. Oh, hush that. If you want to reach those platforms, visit my social media pages, either at reviews underscore Western on Twitter or at Western Reviews Official on Instagram, and click on the link in my bio which leads you to those platforms. And hey... Don't forget to spread the word of the podcast. Listen and download recent and upcoming episodes, and as always, enjoy the show. Now, it's time to get into the review. Today we'll be taking a look at the 70s horror film adaptation of Carrie, based from a Stephen King novel released a few years prior. According to King, he was only paid $2,500 worth of film rights, but was just fortunate enough that one of his books was getting a theatrical adaptation done. Director Brian De Palma, who would later go on to work on films such as Scarface, Casualties of War, Kalito's Way, and Mission Impossible, got hold of the book after being recommended to read it by a friend of Stephen King's, and immediately was interested. Lawrence Colden headed the film's script, which for the most part was faithful to the original book, and other artists picked up the film but only gave it a $1.6 million budget, which will only be raised an extra 200 k later. The film was released in November of 1976 in select cities in the U.S., and the film was a success, making $14 million at the box office and eventually accumulating $34 million overall by 1978. Critical response was positive as it has been lauded as one of, if not the best horror films that year, and definitely wasn't short of any accolades as the film received two Oscar nominations, a Golden Globe nomination, a Saturn Award nomination, and many other nationwide critics awards. With that information aside, let's get straight into the story and see where it holds up. The movie revolves around a shy teenage girl named Carrie White, played by Sissy Spacek. And how do we meet this young lass? Well, in the girls' locker room, of course. And I just want to warn you that nudity will be slapped in your face within minutes of you watching this movie. It is an R-rated film, after all. While we get a prolonged soap commercial-like sequence from Carrie in the shower... She suddenly has her period. Frightened out of her mind that she's experiencing this, she tries to go to her fellow classmates for help, but they all taunt her until the gym teacher, Miss Collins, intervenes. Realizing that she doesn't know about menstruation, Miss Collins excuses her from gym class for a week. Upon returning home, Carrie's religious mother, played by Piper Laurie, is informed of her school incident, which leads to her to speculate that Carrie was committing a wrongful sin. God made Eve from the rib of Adam, and it was weak and loose the raven on the world, and the raven was called sin. 
said. The raven Why was called sin. Why don't you tell me, Mama? Said. No. The raven was called sin. Ooh, woman. And the raven was called sin. And first sin was intercourse. First sin was intercourse. I didn't sin, Mama. No. Say it. I didn't sin, Mama. First sin was intercourse. First sin was intercourse. First sin was intercourse. And the first sin was intercourse, Mama. I was so scared. As a punishment, the mother forces her into a closet until she prays and repents. Also, one thing that I noticed that whenever Carrie appears to get hyper-focused on things when she's tense or upset, some glass ends up breaking. Early on in one scene, an ashtray in the school principal's office broke, and in the post-mama trauma scene, a mirror breaks after Carrie looks deeply into it. The next day in school, after a scene of generic everyman teacher jabbing at Carrie, Miss Collins isn't letting the girls who picked on Carrie get away with murder, so she cancels their plans for the prom and gives them attention for a week. The girls are also put through excruciating levels of workout routines. One of the snobbier girls of the group, Chris, is putting on the whole Oh, screw this, I'm not gonna take any of this mess any longer attitudes. Mid-sentence before swearing, and I kid you not, Miss Collins pulls a night turner on this guy by smacking the mess out of her. After more words are exchanged, Snobby Gal tries to get her pals to quit the exercise hour with her, but they're too unbothered or scared to get the Ike backhand deluxe. Furious, Snobby Girl Chris runs off and the teacher confirms that her plans to the prompt are finito. Over. Done for. While Carrie's in the library trying to figure out how in God's name she met on that glass break, one of the other girls in the class, Sue, feels guilty of teasing Carrie, so she manages to convince her boyfriend Tommy to ask Carrie out the prompt. Later, we're introduced to Snobby Gal Chris's boyfriend, who you may know from another classic 70s film featuring this song. <laughs> what? I can't play this? Copyright. Oh, okay. Anyway, it's John Travolta as the boyfriend, Billy, who's chewing the scenery. After some dirty bribe was exchanged between the couple, they set out to get revenge on Carrie. Tommy attempts to ask Carrie out the prom at the library, but she declines and runs off. Miss Collins speaks with Sue and Tommy to make sure they aren't trying any funny business, and it's decided that Tommy tries asking Carrie out again. Meanwhile, with Snob Gal and her boyfriend, they appear to be killing pigs? Okay. Tommy heads over to Carrie's house to ask her out, which freaks her out as her mother's nearby in bed. However, he doesn't budge until Carrie accepts the invitation and the date is set. Later, she breaks the ice to her mother during dinner, which makes her mother highly upset and critical of her announcement. After all you've been taught, everyone in bad mama, everything in the sin. Come to your closet and pray, ask to be forgiven. He's a nice boy, mom. You like him. You really like him, mama. Boy. <laughs> the boys. The boys. Yes, the boys. After the blood come the boys, like sniffing dogs, running and slobbering and trying to find out where that smell comes from, where the smell is that smell. Listen, I know where they take and that gosh, I see it all right. Well, you're not going. In this scene, Carrie can not only break things, but she can move things, a form of telekinesis. Come the next day, it's prom day. As everyone prepares for the big day, Carrie's mother is losing her everlasting mind. I can see your dirty fellows. Everyone with them. Breasts, Mama. They're called breasts. And everyone has them. Take off that dress. We'll burn it together and pray for forgiveness. He's gonna laugh at you. No, They're all gonna laugh at you. Laugh Look, at it's me. not too late. You can stay here with me. I don't want to stay with you, Mama. Look, I'll answer the door and I'll tell him that you're sick. 
Mary manages to pin her mother down on the bed with her telekinetic powers and heads out for prom. Everyone seems to be having a good time there. Miss Collins speaks with the girl and Tommy encourages her to dance with him. And when it came to voting on prom king and queen, they just voted for themselves. Apparently, snobby gal Chris and Billy have snuck into the prom to infiltrate their revenge plot, which includes hijacking the vote so that Tommy and Carrie are deemed automatic winners. At the moment they begin to take center stage, Sue has also apparently snuck into the prom to witness this moment, and she smiles. Unfortunately, this smile is quickly turned upside down as she catches on to Chris and Billy's revenge plan, to splatter Carrie with a bucket of pig blood they collected the other day. She tries to convince Miss Collins that something's wrong, but as she's obviously not supposed to be at prom, she's ignored and thrown out, which gives Snobby Gal a chance to drop the bucket, and well, Carrie ends up a bloody mess. After one person starts laughing, she hallucinates and believes that everyone is laughing at her. And the horror for everyone begins as Carrie's powers start destruction in the school gym, and she watches everyone in the room die, except for Chris and Billy, who escaped in time to witness this horrific scene through the outside window. I'm going to say their faces resemble, I don't know, uh, guilt? I must say this sequence probably should have had Kruger and the Count retire as this is one of the many visually chilling scenes from horror films in general. Carrie eventually leaves to head back home and if anything couldn't get any worse for her, Bonnie and Clyde wannabes, Chris and Billy attempt to run her over. But Carrie's telekinetic powers block the hit and sends them tunnels through a crash. She makes it home with a strange amount of candles implanted around the house and the first thing she makes sure to do is take a bath to wash away the blood. It's kind of a deja vu moment where we come from low amounts of blood in the film to lots of blood by the conclusion. Once she dresses herself after the bath, Carrie's mother, who appears to be sedated, shows up behind her. Her mother explains that she was conceived after being raped by her drunken father, which she seems to have enjoyed. As her mother comforts her, she draws a knife that was hidden in the floorboards and stabs Carrie in the back, literally and figuratively. As Carrie tumbles down some stairs, her mother starts chasing her around the house and in a frenzy, Carrie uses her powers to pin and crucify her mother. The feeling of guilt after the matter disturbs Carrie and she destroys the home with herself and her mother still inside. By the conclusion, it is revealed that Sue is the only survivor of prom night and has been a heavy burden of trauma and depression on her since these events. She has a dream where she lays some flowers onto whatever's left of Carrie's home with a for sale sign spreading with the words. Carrie White burns in hell. The dream turns into a nightmare for Sue as Carrie's hand jolts up from the ground and grabs her arm. She immediately wakes up from this screaming and crying and is consoled by her mother. And that's the movie, folks. Now on to my overall thoughts. The film is really great with making you feel for Carrie through all the pain and abuse she endures, and the characters along the way from her crazy religious mother to her classmates each keep the story rolling forward. The visuals and the music of the film complement each other well and gives the atmosphere at times of chilling, creepy vibe. As it should because it is a horror film. The visuals by the climax is something you definitely don't want to miss and definitely gives you new meaning to the line from that Joker film. You get what you're flipping deserve. Now, if you want to see nothing but chills, kills, and thrills, this may be the movie for you, and it's definitely one of my better first film viewings of this month. Sorry, Dracula. Well, anyways, that concludes this review. I'm the Western Wonder that is the Western Wonder, and I hope you enjoyed today's review. There will not be one, not two, but three new reviews of horror flicks from the 70s and 80s. You don't want to miss it. If you like this episode, don't forget to spread the word and share the show, and I hope you join me and the WR crew next week for three reviews. Thanks for listening. Wester Wonder, out.